everyone, and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature. This is the part where I'd normally say where two of us love YA and one does not, but this week we're down a person. Patty broke her foot. <gasps> no. Yeah. So it's just me and Sarah, but I'm Catherine, teen services librarian, and I love YA. And I'm Sarah, youth services specialist, and I do not really like YA, guys. I'm sorry. I know. We're dealing with it, but... so let's tell everyone what we're reading right now i'll start and i'm reading unravel the dusk by elizabeth Lim. it's the second book in the blood of stars duology i'm trying to catch up on all those series i started reading before and during my time on the georgia peach award committee but this series is great i'm not really going to give any details about the second book because i don't want to spoiler the first one for you but this series is billed as project runway meets mulan and is about a teenage girl who poses as a boy to compete for the role of Imperial Taylor and embarks on an impossible journey to sew three magical dresses from the sun, the moon, and the stars. It's a fantasy series steeped in uh, Chinese culture and folklore. It has a forbidden romance. It's got magic, of course, uh, demons, and more. What are you reading, Sarah? I am reading a book called The Obsession by Jesse Q. Sutanto, and it is about, it's told from two perspectives, the boy Logan and the girl Delilah, and Logan and Delilah literally bump into each other, and Logan is immediately completely in love and obsessed but not in the nice kind of love, more in the kind of love where he wants to hide outside of her house and spy on her through her window. So a creepy creeper. A creeper, creepy creeper. And, uh, but Delilah has a few secrets of her own, and now Logan is aware of one of those and is blackmailing her into being in a relationship with him. And so how is she going to get out of this? I'm not sure. Sounds scary. It's a little scary. All right. Well, let's move on to our topic of the day, which is Black History Month. So we're going to talk about our favorite black author titles. We've got a lot of books to share, and we're going to attach a book list to our episode description, where you can check out the ones we mentioned in this episode and more. And even though this episode is coming out at the end of the month, these are still books you can read and you can learn about black history anytime. Anytime, all year round. You don't need to wait for February. So I do know one of Patty's books that she was going to talk about. So I'm going to go ahead and give everyone a synopsis of that one. I can't really talk about what I think about it because I haven't read it yet. But it's called This Poison Heart by Callan Bayron. It's a play on The Secret Garden, which Patty said she really loves. It's about a girl who can grow plants from seed with a single touch. And uh, here's the synopsis. When Bree's aunt dies and wills her a dilapidated estate in rural New York, Bree and her parents decide to leave Brooklyn behind for the summer. Hopefully there, surrounded by plants and flowers, she'll finally learn to control her gift. But their new home is sinister in ways she could never have imagined. It comes with a specific set of instructions, an old-school apothecary, and a walled garden filled with the deadliest botanicals in the world that can only be entered by those who share Bree's unique family lineage. When strangers begin to arrive on their doorstep asking for tinctures and elixirs, Bree learns she has a surprising talent for creating them. 
One of the visitors is Marie, a mysterious young woman who Brie befriends, only to find that Marie is keeping dark secrets about the history of the estate and its surrounding community. There's more to Brie's sudden inheritance than she could have ever imagined, and she is determined to uncover it. Until a nefarious group comes after her in search of a rare and dangerous immortality elixir. Up against a centuries-old curse and the deadliest plant on Earth, Brie must harness her gift to protect herself and her family. That was a really long synopsis, <laughs> it was. but it does sound really good. I'm intrigued. So I think I'm going to add that one to my to be read list, but I will turn it over to Sarah now for a little more fantasy. Yeah. Uh, a book that I would recommend is The Gilded Ones by Namina Forna. It was published in 2020 and it is a West Africa inspired fantasy and it is the first book in a trilogy. And in this book, um, we're just set in a fantasy world. There is a girl named Decca, and when girls turn 16 in this world, they have to undergo the ritual of purity and figure out if they're fit for marriage and motherhood. But if they are cut and bleed red, they're good. But if they bleed gold, they are impure and banished. And I bet you can guess what color blood Decca turns out to have. And so because of that, she is um, an ostracized from her community, but also sent to a special place with other people like her to kind of learn how to um, fight and protect the kingdom and things like that. And it's a really um, interesting read and a fast-paced read. And it kind of reminded me of um, another fantasy, The Children of Blood and Bone, by Tomi Adeyemi. And that one, um, you know, African-inspired fantasy, magic, um, a girl protagonist who is, you know, going to end up kind of saving her culture. So similar in theme to The Gilded Ones and also a really good read and also the first book of a trilogy. So I think that you also had a fantasy that you wanted to talk about, Catherine. I do. Uh, the first book I want to talk about is Legendborn by Tracy Dion. It is book one in a fantasy series of the same name. Here's the publisher's synopsis. After her mother dies in an accident, Bree escapes to a residential program for bright high schoolers at UNC. It seems like the perfect escape until Bree witnesses a magical attack, a flying demon feeding on human energies. A secret society of so-called Legendborn students that hunt the creatures down and a teenage mage who calls himself a Merlin, and who attempts to wipe Bree's memory. His failure unlocks Bree's unique magic and a buried memory. The night her mother died, another Merlin was at the hospital. Now that Bree knows there's more to her mother's death, and she'll do whatever it takes to find out the truth, even if that means infiltrating the Legendborn. But when the Legendborn reveal themselves as the descendants of King Arthur's knights and explain that a magical war is coming, Bree has to decide how far she'll go for the truth and whether she should use her magic to take the society down or join the fight. I really love this one. It does have a twist ending, kind of leaves you wanting more, so it's good to know there's a series. I know that's not something Sarah loves, but uh, a lot of YA readers love series, so this is a really great one. It also has a really great cover if you're a judge a book by a cover person, which I hate to admit I kind of am. Um... But it really had me at King Arthur. I have always loved those legends. So, like, it fascinated me. And I also love, like, she has her own magic that's steeped in, like, her family roots and her history. So it's it's a really cool merging of, like, the southern black girl magic 
and the these King Arthur legends, which I think is really cool. Also, Legendborn is the 2021 Coretta Scott King John Steptoe Award winner. And on that note, I'd like to mention the current winner, which is Me, Moth by Amber McBride. It's a contemporary novel in verse and is about a girl named Moth who is grieving the deaths of her family and a teen boy who crosses her path. In a note from the publisher, it says this title is an exquisite and uplifting novel about identity, first love, and the ways that our memories and our roots steer us through the universe. So it sounds like a great one. Sarah, but you have a novel in verse you want to talk about too, right? I do. And this one is more on the history side of Black History Month. Um, it is called African Town, and it is written in verse, but is inspired by a true story of the last recorded American slave ship to enter the country. And it is set in 1860, which is about 52 years after the import of slaves was banned in the United States. And in it, wealthy landowner Timothy Mayer makes a bet that he can sneak a boatload of human captives into the U.S. And so he hires a ship captain to surreptitiously sail a ship called the Clotilda to West Africa, where they purchase over 100 captives and bring them back to Mobile, Alabama. And it tells the story in different perspectives, including from the captives, from the white landowners and the ship's crew, and even from the ship itself. And shows a glimpse of the lives of the captives before their captivity. And also tells the story from when the bet was made, the journey to Africa, and uh, to, to get the captives and also back again. And what happened upon their arrival to the U.S. the years leading up to the Civil War and the years following the Civil War when the captives desired to return to Africa. And instead they ended up working collectively to purchase land and start their own town, which was known at the time as African Town. And Africa Town is still there today. So this novel is told in verse from a, um, a lot of different perspectives, and it's really interesting and uh, basically a very quick and simple read about a horrible time in our history. And I feel like because it's for YA, it makes some of the more horrific aspects of the ordeals um, probably not fully, you know, explored there, but. I also feel like you do get that sense of sadness, fear, frustration, suffering, but also mixed in with um, courage and hope from the captives that are described. And um, interestingly enough, I was also able to recently watch um, about a 45 minutes or so documentary from National Geographic on Disney Plus about the Clotilda because archaeologists have found the, the wreckage of the Clotilda um, in the river and they're trying to raise it up again and um, learn from it. And uh, also in this documentary, they interview some of the descendants of the um, survivors from that original voyage. And it's really kind of neat because the, their characters, they're not really characters because they were based on real people or they were real people. But the people that you read about in the book, now you're watching their descendants on the screen. So that was kind of a cool experience. And if you like novels in verse, I'll just remind you about another novel in verse that we covered earlier in our podcast, which was The Black Flamingo, written by Dean Otta, and it's semi-autobiographical. So again, a novel in verse, but based in, in, true, in a true story and about um, growing up um, queer and also biracial in England. We said it was a Bildungsroman, his coming-of-age story. So also a good one to read if you're looking for novels and verse. 
And I believe, Catherine, you have another one you want to tell us about that's um, more historical in nature. Yes. My historical title is Concrete Rose by Angie Thomas. It's sort of unreal to me that this is a historical title given that it takes place in the 90s. But it is set in 1998, which was over 20 years ago. So, oh my gosh, uh, don't remind me. So that's kind of like wow to me. Like my life is historical. Anyway, <laughs> here's the synopsis. If there's one thing 17-year-old Maverick Carter knows, it's that a real man takes care of his family. As the son of a former gang legend, Mav does that the only way he knows how, dealing for the King Lords. With this money, he can help his mom. He works two jobs while his dad's in prison, but it's not so easy to sling dope finish school, and raise a child. So when he's offered the chance to go straight, he takes it. In a world where he's expected to amount to nothing, maybe Mav can prove he's different. However, he can't just walk away. Loyalty, revenge, and responsibility threaten to tear Mav apart, especially after the brutal murder of a loved one. He'll have to figure it out for himself and what it truly means to be a man. This book was so fantastic. I'm sure you know this is a prequel to The Hate You Give, um, because Mav is that star's father. Um, and it, Angie Thomas does such a great job making it all feel so real. She really brings you right into the story. And this was one I couldn't stop reading once I started it, and I just, I just had to finish. Next, I have a realistic or contemporary title, which is The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert. Marva Sheridan was born ready for this day. She's always been driven to make a difference in the world, and what better way than to vote in her first election? Duke Crenshaw is so done with this election. He just wants to get voting over with so he can prepare for his band's first paying gig tonight. Only problem, Duke can't vote. When Marva sees Duke turned away from their polling place, she takes it upon herself to make sure his vote is counted. She hasn't spent months doorbelling and registering voters just to see someone denied their right. And that's how their whirlwind day begins, rushing from precinct to precinct, cutting school, waiting in endless lines, turned away time and time again, trying to do one simple thing, vote. They may have started out as strangers, but as Duke and Marva team up to beat a rigged system and find Marva's missing cat, it's clear that there's more to their connection than a shared mission for democracy. I read this one around a year ago, but wanted to bring it up because I think it's definitely still relevant to the ongoing voting issues so many are facing. And I love that this one was told from a dual point of view, hearing from both Marva and Duke and getting their perspectives. I actually listened to this one, and it was a great experience. They had different narrators for both of them, and it just really added to the story. Now, let's take a different turn for our last two titles and hear about some horror and mystery. Sarah, take it away for horror. All right. Well, you may remember I referenced earlier a book that I read um, on this podcast called White Smoke by Tiffany D. Jackson. And that is about a girl named Marigold who is running from her old life in California to a Midwestern city of Cedarville. And when she gets there, she finds out that there are some things about her new home that she's moved into with her mother and stepfather and stepsister and brother And there's some things, like I said, about this house that are not quite right. And things start out a little creepy and just continue to get creepier. This book has been described as a combination of The Haunting of Hill House and Get Out. So it's a kind of a chiller about a girl who has um, ghosts from her past and what happens when she brings those ghosts to a house where she meets literal ghosts. 
and how she deals with that. And the author, Tiffany D. Jackson, has a lot of really great books. So if you like White Smoke, you will probably enjoy her other books. She is a New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, I was going to say she has a lot of great books. And you'll find more of those on our list that's attached to this. Did you have another horror story you wanted to mention? It's more of a mystery, but it definitely has horror elements. This one also deals with racism, classism, and homophobia. It's Ace of Spades by Farida Abike Yamide. It's kind of a Gossip Girl or Pretty Little Liars meets Get Out. I haven't watched Get Out, but I have read and watched both the Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars series. And I can say if you liked those, you'll like this book. And I can say that you should watch Get Out. Okay. I will add that to my to-be-watched list. I'm starting a list already for everything we're talking about today. Uh, yeah. Uh, so welcome to Nivea's Private Academy where money paves the hallways and the students are never less than perfect until now because anonymous texter Aces is bringing two students' dark secrets to light. Talented musician Devin buries himself in rehearsals, but he can't escape the spotlight when his private photos go public. Head girl Chiamaka isn't afraid to get what she wants, but soon everyone will know the price she has paid for her power. Someone is out to get them both, someone who holds all the aces, and they're planning much more than a high school game. Uh, This one was great. Uh, It's a thriller that keeps you guessing the whole time. It has lots of twists and turns, and at the same time delves into the heart of institutionalized racism. There were elements to this one that were predictable, but it did not make the whole story any less great for me. So these titles are all great. Please check the linked book list that we have attached to our episode description. It's going to have all of these ones that we mentioned and more by some great authors. I think now it's time for Sarah to take it away and uh, give us the assignment or the topic of our next episode. Yeah. So next month um, is Women's History Month. So in honor of that or with that in mind, really, I have chosen a book, a new release called Anatomy by Dana Schwartz. And it is about um, a girl in early 19th century Scotland, Hazel, who wants to be a doctor and a surgeon. And of course, because of the time period that she's living in, that's not a realistic possibility, but she wants to try. And along the way, there may be a little romance, there may be a little mystery. So this book was chosen as um, Reese Witherspoon's YA Book Club of the Month book. So we will see, we will read and see if we agree with Reese that this one deserves that kind of attention. I hope I like it. I hope I, so too. I hope it's not too gory. But given <laughs> we'll the title, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be some gore. There may be. There may be gore. There will be blood, as they say. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been another episode of Spill It by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Sarah. I'm Catherine. And we're missing Patty. We'll see her maybe next time. We want you to definitely join us next time when we'll be talking about the newly released novel Anatomy by Dana Schwartz. Will this be the book that finally makes me love young adult literature? Hmm. Tune in in two weeks' time to find out. 
And remember to like, review, and subscribe. Until next time, keep reading.